In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! We've already experienced enough volatility to last a lifetime in 2020, but there's more to come. On the Get Ready for the Future show today, we prepare for a presidential election, corona numbers going up, and a wild ride in the stock market. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you in to the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman is off on some personal business today. I'm John Shrewsbury. Janet Walker and Troy Johnson uh, from our Bryant office are joining us in the studio today. Guys, how are you doing? We're, we're great. It's still kind of weird being in different rooms, but well, we're, we're being, you know, dutifully obedient and got this separation distance going this on. Is, this is six feet, right? Yeah, we're going to go yeah, with that. We're good. We're six yeah. feet. Let's hope the governor doesn't come in with his tape measure or anything. Asa, if you're listening, uh, just stay away from Bryant. Don't, we're doing don't, the best with what we have, yeah, governor. <laughs> but, if, but if you do have to issue a fine, Janet will pay it. That's for sure. First offense is a warning. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. So 2020, guys, has obviously been uh, a volatile year in just about every sense of the word. And, and I was telling my wife, Debbie, the other day, that, you know, if this thing doesn't stop, not just the coronavirus, but 2020 as a whole, if we don't get back to normal, I think I'm going to just flip my lid. Uh, it is incredible how much crap we've had to deal with in 2020. And it looks like that it's not going to get any better based on kind of looking down the road at the presidential election and, and these rising coronavirus numbers. Uh, how, how are we going to deal with this? I think that there are there have been a lot of challenges. You know, we've had everything from coronavirus, social unrest, murder hornets, which I never really felt like were a real thing, at least in our geographic area. Um, but were all, they a real thing anyway? That's, the, the <laughs> that's why I quantified great, that. Yeah. I've uh, got a theory on that. I think 2020 has been so crazy that even the murder hornets decided that they needed to social distance. So <laughs> if we're going to find one that's piece good, of positivity here, yeah. let's be there thankful. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But you know. We We've got, as a mom, I would say one of the big things that's on my mind is school starts really soon for a lot of kiddos, and it's going to be different. I don't care what route you're going. If it's, you know, if it's in a classroom, if you're going to be doing it electronically, or if it's some blended version, 2020's just been weird. So, what do you do? Yeah, and and clearly, uh, we're not here to to solve all the world's problems. We are really focused on your retirement, your investments, and your money. And so let's let's kind of take a look back at the S and P five hundred that uh, has been giving us this wild ride that we've had over the last few months. And and Janet, clearly, it is a it is a big big dip that you see that happened back in March. Yeah, I mean, we've got the graph up, and when you think about you know one of the most common questions that we get when things like this happen is what do I do? And John, I like to go back to our old phrase that sometimes all your portfolio needs is a good case of leave it alone. And if you look at this, really, if people had just left it alone from the peak and maybe even put more money in during the valley time, and look, we're, we're, you know, we're back in a good position. There's no long-term loss there. But if you didn't leave it alone, then, you know, there were some some issues but John there's there's a point here that is circled that it's my <laughs> understanding has absolutely nothing really to do with the S&P 500 it's a bit of a personal story for well, you well you know i get i get real uh, nauseated when i see this not just because of what happened in the market in in march but it reminds me of it is a very graphical depiction of my first and only ride on the Texas Titan. <laughs> and if you know anything about Six Flags yep. <laughs> and, and the Texas Titan, uh, you, you don't want to ride it but once. Uh, and, and so they, they suckered me, uh, or they got me on the, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the ride when I was out there a few years ago. And the reason that that little area is circled is the most devilish thing about the Texas Titan is that it's rolling along there and you're speeding along and then it just kind of comes to a stop. And you think, oh, we're, we're good. Done. We're good. We're done. And then it takes off again and goes straight down toward a hole in the ground. And you actually enter a hole in the ground 
and you just you're thoroughly convinced that you're never going to come out of that hole. Well, that that's just that's that is your death location. And one of the terrifying things, the beauty of the design, if you want to look at from the designer's aspect of it, but one of the terrifying things is when you're in line, you can't see that this thing goes into the ground. No. And so if you have never ridden it before, yep. then it's like, "Oh my god, we're going to die. We're going into the ground." The other thing is when you're in that part, I've ridden this roller coaster too, when you're in that part, you can't tell when you're going back up. Yeah. And so you think yep. about the people who who had investments in the market during yeah. that time period back in March. It's it's really stressful when you're at that low and you don't know when is this thing going to start to turn back around. Mm-hmm. So we've had this this interesting confluence of things. We we were going along fine January and February. Everybody was just, you know, happy days are here again. Market's doing well and economy's doing well and all of that. And then the pandemic hit and the market took this big dive, scared the bejeebies out of everybody. And then it worked its way back up. And then as late as July 21st, the S&P 500 had actually moved into positive territory for the year. Well, now we're looking ahead and we're going, eh, not so much going forward. We've got a presidential election We've got coronavirus numbers going up. We've got shuts, shutdowns reoccurring mm-hmm. uh, in various places across the country. In Arkansas, you know, there's a ton of people out there wearing a mask these days, and that that's inhibiting in and of itself. You, you just don't act normal when you have a mask on. Janet, we were just having a meeting before the yeah. radio show today, and we both had masks on with our guest that was in the meeting, and, and it was just awkward. It was just, I felt really funny. Not to mention, I couldn't breathe. I was I, like yeah. having to hold the thing out so I could get some fresh air in there. Right. It was really, really tough. But, you know, I think that that we're in this stage of, is it good news or bad news? And what are we doing now? And 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 the I guess the the biggest thing that people are prompted to do is they want to pivot and they want to move quickly on something. And sometimes, as you pointed out earlier, that that's just not necessary. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, let's go back to the Texas Titan. One of the, the differences here is that, you know, rather than not having enough information and not knowing that, okay, this thing's going to go into the ground. And obviously, we don't know that about the markets. But on everything else, there's too much information and too much information does not necessarily lead to a wise decision you get you know into analysis paralysis as we like to call it many times and so you can get to the point where there's just so much information that you're overwhelmed and you either make the wrong decision or you don't make a decision at all in many cases well, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Troy. I was going to also mention there's there's also a lot of information that's just incorrect or conflicting yeah. information, which yes. I think has people even more confused, whether it's about the market or, or if it's about the virus. So you really have to uh, pay attention to your sources where you're getting your information, yeah. too. Well, I think, guys, that you've got to, to really begin to analyze who's telling you what and are they telling you the right thing. So let's talk a little bit about what an advisor should be telling their clients in a time like this at a time of uncertainty what should you be hearing from your clients you know one of the key tenants here at at gen wealth is that we do not act based on fear we do not fear that's very important and i think it's important for you as an investor to not react and make a decision about your investments based on fear but it's also important to work with an advisor who will coach you through things like that and we go back to you know when when the market was looking like the texas titan and it, it just takes this dive if you react in fear during that time you're going to lock in those losses because you sell when everything is down so you it's very important to not react in fear during a time like this. I think a huge part of what people pay for when they get an advisor is to mm-hmm. help them manage their emotions. Yeah. So let let your advisor keep the level head and guide you through those real volatile times in the market. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll pick up on more of the things that your advisor should be telling you during a time of market volatility when we come back from the break. You're listening and watching the Get Ready for the Future show live on Facebook Live and on our radio across the state of Arkansas. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a Genwealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker with a socially distanced yeah. fastest four in investing. This is this is weird. As this many is, years as we've worked together in you know side small by side, offices and yeah. that kind of thing, but yeah, we're it's doing what odd. we can. A little odd. Well, Janet, as we think about the fastest four minutes in investing, everybody really wants to know. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Are we having another pullback? Well, and so we need to look at where are we, what's been going on to get us to this point. And I like uh, Jeffrey Buckbinder says, stocks may have gotten ahead of themselves in the short term and the volatility at the end of last week may be the start of the pullback that we've been anticipating, John. And uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Jeffrey Buckbinder is our partner at LPL Research. He works under Ryan Dietrich, who is on the Get Ready for the Future show on a regular basis. But I think it's very clear that uh, we, we've seen some good movement in the stock market because yeah. people got pretty determined that they were going to overcome uh, the, the pandemic. It, so that's I love talking about the things that if you just sit back, you can logically see the changes that have happened in the markets. And this is one of those points that everybody was staying at home because they had to for a period of time. And then many people have chosen to continue to stay at home. And so that has impacted positively this uh, upswing that we've had. But the question is, how much is there left of that? But if you look at the past couple of months, John, half of the S&P 500's 11% gain has been driven by the technology, interactive media, including social media, digital advertising, that type of thing, and internet retail sectors. But So because people are staying home, that has added to this return in the markets. So the question is, you know, how much more growth do we have from that area when there's already a lot of people staying at home? Yeah, it came out this week that uh, the FANG stocks, uh, Facebook, Apple, yeah. uh, Netflix, Netflix, and Google make up like 22% of yeah. the S&P 500's capital uh, right now. And so you've got to go, okay, that's a little bit frothy. That's a little bit overweight. And I think the market is is beginning to recognize that. And, and we're seeing some other things that are really interesting. Things like uh, the Apple Maps request are down because people are not traveling yeah. as much as they were earlier this year. This is an interesting one for us is in Arkansas. You know, you think about Arkansas summer being, you know, scorching hot and all mm -hmm. of that. And, and we actually have seen a decrease nationwide in the use of electricity in July as opposed to June. Now, that obviously portends slower economic activity, and we may be seeing a little bit of a contraction of the economy. But, Janet, I think that, that clearly that has got to be laid at the feet of the increased coronavirus cases. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, if, if you don't have people going to the office and heating and cooling the office, you know, then that's going to impact the electricity bills. They're still running it at home, but they would have been running it at home even if they had gone to work. So that does definitely have an impact. And John, we want to be sure that we spend a little bit of time talking about mid-year outlook. Yeah, absolutely. The mid-year outlook uh, for 2020, as uh, uh, proffered by LPL Research, is coming up on August 11th. That is at 7 o'clock in the evening. It is a webinar, so you can uh, view the mid-year outlook presentation right from the comfort of your own home. Myself, Janet, and Scott Inman will be presenting that, along with a cameo appearance from Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. You need to go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com right now and register for that. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. It's absolutely free of charge. Coming up, the mid-year outlook for 2020, August 11th at 7 o'clock from Genwealth Ad uh, Financial Advisors. That is going to do it for the fastest four minutes in investing for Janet Walker and Scott Inman, who is away today. I'm John Shrewsbury. We're back in just a couple of minutes on the Get Ready for the Future show. 
there's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking market volatility and preparing for the rest of the year on the Get Ready for the Future show. We welcome you back in. Scott Inman is away from the mic today. I'm John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, and Troy Johnson from our Bryant office. They are in the studio, and we are uh, efforting our best at social distancing. That's why we look a little bit different. If you are just tuning in to our Facebook Live broadcast, you'll see things do look a little bit different. And and, uh, I think it'll probably be that way for the foreseeable future, guys. Yeah, so we're just trying to do our part to uh, get through this pandemic and get to the other side of it. Speaking of the pandemic, we were talking before the break about how the your advisors should be talking to you about what's going on in the market. We talked about the fact that they should not be speaking to you in a condescending way or are making you feel stupid for asking a question. We also talked about the fact that they should not be coming from a place of fear. They shouldn't be eliciting fear uh, in you because fear is one of those things that will make you do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. Another thing, Janet, that I think is very important for people to understand is that uh, they've got to have context to the advice that they're giving people. Yeah. If you call somewhere and say, hey, I've got X amount of money or even go into a meeting, I've got X amount of money. What do you want me to do with it? If you get an answer, it's it's not going to be a good situation for you if they've just answered based on your dollar amount. We are consistently, not only with first-time clients coming in, you know, understanding their story at the beginning of the situation, but even revisiting their story, Troy, because it changes over the years. Like, you and I just had a situation this week that we were talking about that, look, we need to revisit their plan and then touch base with them because it's been so many years about are we still on track for this not just on track but have your needs changed because you know if they came in and told us five thousand dollars a month originally and now they would say seven then that means we've got to adjust and maybe give them a different answer than what we would have otherwise yeah and i think the other thing that we always talk about is is especially through volatile times in the market is we want clients to be concerned with with be concerned with your economy, not the economy. Right. So a lot of people, I had a client that came in and she was she was so scared. She had not looked at her statements since March because of what was going on. When she came in for her review, she was actually pretty relieved because there was a lot going on in the, the overall market, but it had not impacted her accounts the way that she thought that it w- was going to. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and the run back up in, in the S&P 500 is indicative of that. We looked at that graph just a moment ago. Let's look at another chart that we've got here that really does talk about where we were at least headed up until the time that the market volatility kind of set in again as the coronavirus cases all began to, to rebound on us. Uh, if you take a look at, at how stock markets have rebounded, you've got a, a long history of time periods where we had a big decline in the market. Let's mm-hmm. just pick one. Look at 1982. Uh, the date of the low in 1982 was August 12th, 1982. We were down 16.4%, but they ended the year that year up 14.8%. So things could change dramatically. And and I think that that's kind of what we are hoping at least will yeah. happen this year. But uh, Janet, there's just really no assurance that that's going to happen. Well, I mean, already there's been a tremendous change to go from a negative 30%, which when you look at this chart, there's not another one on there that is as, as, as low as a negative 30. And then to get into positive range, that's already a tremendous swing. We don't know what the rest of the year looks like. But I I think like we've already said, though, it is a question of your personal economy versus the economy or the markets, if you will. Because like Troy was talking about, you know, this person who was really concerned because they hadn't really looked at statements and everything since all this started back in March. So they're scared to death. And then they look at their numbers and they're okay. I would encourage you, frankly, if you're in a panic, 
Look at your statements. Or call your advisor. That's yeah. what I told her. I said, listen, there's no reason for you to sit at home and worry about this. That's what we're here for. So if yeah. you've got questions, give us a call. We can talk through it. We don't fear, and we don't want you to either. That's that's not what life is about. Well, clearly nothing is normal in, in this day and time. It's not normal when you go out to try to get a, a bite to eat. You know, I, I said the other day, if I have to eat out of a box one more time, I'm going to lose what little hair I have left. And, so and that's so, happening today at lunch. I'm just yeah, going to tell you. I know. Okay. I so anyway, uh, nothing it feels normal about this year, but probably uh, you, you probably will see at least hints of market volatility as we see the daily headlines crop up. What does all that actually mean? Well, uh, we I've got chief market strategist from LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich, with us to give us a little bit of insight on his LPL Street View. LPL Research releases our 2020 Mid-Year Outlook. Welcome to the latest Street View. What a year it has been, from one of the most vicious recessions we've ever seen to potentially one of the shortest recessions we've ever seen, then turning to stocks, the worst first quarter for stocks ever, and then you have the best second quarter for stocks since 1938. Well, we put it all together in our recently released 2020 Mid-Year Outlook. What does LPL Research see happening the second half of this year? Looking at the economy, we do see improvement the second half of this year on the economy, and likely the recession is going to be over quite soon. Fiscal stimulus and monetary stimulus and reopening the economy all should be drivers for a stronger economy the second half of this year. Looking at stocks, after a 45% rally off the lows on the S&P 500, we do think this bull market is still intact, but we think a lot of those gains happened the first half of this year, and we're looking for modest returns the second half of this year when you look at stocks. We still like large caps over small caps. We like emerging markets as well, and we like growth a little bit over value the second half of this year. Turning to bonds, again, we expect bonds to underperform equities the second half of this year. And really, overall, we think bonds will be flat the second half of this year. Interest rates are still low when you consider the big picture. But the second half of this year, we think the 10-year yield could be up between 1% and 1.5% when all is said and done. So when it comes to bonds, look for a little, it's a little tougher. We do like mortgage-backed securities, though, and emerging market debt if you want a little more specific um, ways to invest in your fixed income the second half of this year. So it's been an unbelievable ride so far in 2020. LPL Research is here for you. And here's to a happy, safe, and potentially lucrative second half of 2020. And absolutely check out our recently released 2020 outlook, which you can find on LPL.com. Thanks for being here this week. So Ryan Dietrich, our chief market strategist at LPL Financial, uh, telling you a little bit about the 2020 outlook. And GenWealth is going to have a special presentation in regard to the mid-year outlook. Uh, that is coming up on August 11th at 7 p.m. Uh, you can go ahead and register for this. This is going to be a live webinar. It's going to be online. So uh, Janet, myself, and Scott are going to be presenting this. And we will have a cameo appearance by Ryan Dietrich as well. You can go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to register. I would encourage you to go ahead right now and register to attend that event. It's absolutely free. If you go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and sign up for the Mid-Year Outlook webinar, August 11th at 7 p.m., Brought to you by the uh, the folks at GenWealth Financial Advisors. Janet, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy those uh those presentations by Ryan and, and the information from the mid-year outlook. But let's go back to this question about normal. Is this normal? <laughs> and, and I think that even though we see all of this stuff going on with coronavirus and nothing is normal about that, we've not endured a pandemic in this country since, what, 1918 or something like right, that? Right. Uh, there, this is not really abnormal per se as far as volatility in the stock market and an election year is concerned. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about election years in the past, especially that, you know, it, it's just it's just part of it. That's just what's going to happen, that the market basically looks for an answer on who it's going to dance with for the next four years. And, and the market doesn't really care what the answer is. It just wants an answer. And so there's always volatility leading up to that point. You can look back at any election year, and that's what you're going to find. But the other interesting thing is to look back at past years that were positive and see how normal it is to have even a 10% correction. So 
So you get a double digit percentage correction. And I know, you know, obviously this was not a correction. This was a, a recession. We were down 30%. It was a big deal. But to, to just have that normal level of volatility, I think the word normal is questionable these days in any topic, but volatility is normal. One thing I liked that Ryan mentioned is this could be one of the shortest recessions that we've ever seen. Yeah. And if you're going to have a recession, you know, you're going to hope for a short one. That's right. That's a bit of good news there. Let's look back at uh, at 20 years of of market performance and let's look at some recessions and look at some good times. And and what you see is that as you look at this uh, graph of the S&P 500, the the gray areas are the recession areas. But uh, what you also see is there's volatility outside of recession. There's volatility. Volatility right. even in a what you would consider to be a bull market. Let's say from from 2009 all the way to 2020, there have been periods of time where we had pretty dramatic pullbacks in the market. And so when you think about normal, you've got to think that look, a market is just going to be volatile. And I think Janet, the key is to use what the market is going to give you in a positive and productive way. Yeah, you got to think about what stage of life you're in too. You know whether you're an accumulator or you're in retirement taking a withdrawal, this volatility is very advantageous for somebody who's an accumulator, but it's also a very dangerous situation for somebody who's in retirement. It is. And and clearly, if you are an accumulator, the market is absolutely giving you uh, some good things to work with. When you think about what happened in 2007, 2008, one of the most frustrating things in my entire financial career has been, I saw young people pulling out of the stock market saying, well, I didn't think it was all that great of an investment because it was losing money. And that is very short-sighted thinking. When you think about what markets are going to do long-term, the longest period of time that you could look at is maybe a 20 or 25-year period of time. We have had uh, a very positive experience over a long period of time. So if you're young, you take advantage of those downturns right. and dollar cost average into that. If you are older, then you've got to be more wary about what a market like this does for you. And it really isn't staying away from the market or in the market. It really is having the proper strategy. And that strategy here at GenWealth is called the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. Yeah, there's d- definitely an approach to that in retirement income planning. Yeah. So you think about the, the way you segment out your assets if you're going into retirement. For our clients that are in retirement now, the only portion of their money that was really affected by this extreme volatility that we've seen, it's money that they're not going to use for 16 plus years right. into retirement. So, you know, it's, it's never fun to see that on your statement. But if you know that you don't need that money for 16 years, then you're okay. Right. If you've got questions, you can give us a call at 501-653-7355. A GenWealth advisor would be more than happy to sit down and help you to understand all the craziness that may be going on in the market and how it, how you can get ready to deal with that as we go into 2020, the rest of 2020 and beyond. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. As we get back into the show, I want to remind you about the Mid-Year Outlook. It is coming up on August 11th at 7 p.m. The good news is you don't have to go anywhere to participate. Only have to pull up your computer and get online. Now, the thing that you do need to do right now is to go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events and go ahead and register for this Mid-Year Outlook. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, projections from LPL Research about what we are likely to see for the rest of of the year and we're already talking on the show today about it being a volatile year the rest of the year and we'll talk more about that as we get into the mid-year outlook and what your possibilities are for uh, dealing with a uh, pandemic driven stock market and also uh, the other areas of your finances as it relates to your retirement your investments and your money again that is coming up on August 11th at 7 p.m. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to register absolutely free of charge. And we will promise you that we will deliver all the information that we've got to help you get through 2020. 
So Janet, when you think about uh, the things that we're talking about on the show today, uh, I think a lot of people begin to ask the question, do I play it safe or do I try to take a risk and try to get a big return so I can maybe, uh, for instance, glide into retirement and and uh, have a win, if you will, right at the end and, and get over the line, so to speak? Right. Or do I try to just play it safe and get there and almost like a, a tiptoe into retirement? What's your answer about that? So really, you know, the, the industry term is risk tolerance. What we have found over the years, John, is that everybody is tolerant of risk when it's just on paper and on their, you know, their plan. But then when risk becomes reality, you know, a 2008 hits and maybe your investments are down 40%, then what you thought was acceptable in your risk tolerance is really not. And and so it you have to be able to look at your overall plan. And Troy, one of the approaches that I, I think is critical in this is balancing this out, that it's not all in for risk or all out for no risk, that there have to be some dollars allocated that have very little to no risk, and there have to be some dollars allocated that will accept a level of risk because we have to have some level of return for the future. Yeah, I think some people get too caught up trying to figure out what is their risk tolerance. You know, they're thinking, am I conservative? Am I moderate? Am I growth? When really different portions of your assets can have different risk tolerances. And I mean, if you just think about this, guys, it's really so logical. You can set aside the emotion of this. If there's money in your retirement that you're going to need in the first five years, and by the way, there is, then that needs to be treated conservatively because that's five-year money. That's a very short period of time. And then if there's money in your retirement assets that you're going to use, at year 20. That can be treated very differently than the first five years. And that's okay because you have two decades for the market to do its thing, which allows you in times like March this year, you know, when you feel like your investments are riding on the Texas Titan and you don't know if it's coming back up out of the ground, it allows you to go, you know what, we don't need that money for a couple of decades. That's okay because we also have this conservative bucket from which we're pulling income right now. And that also allows a person that is more conservative by nature yes. to be okay with having some yes. growth oriented assets and vice versa. Someone who's more of a risk taker, they understand why they have to have some level of conservative assets That's too. Right. Troy, I'm often uh, reminded when we talk about this of that uh, adage that Scott talks about all the time that boxers use. Everybody has a plan until they uh, get hit in the mouth. That's right. And and when you get hit with something like this, you figure out that that one little risk tolerance uh, conversation that maybe you had with your advisor and you were feeling pretty chipper that day and oh yeah man I'm I'm all for growth. I yes you were at that time, but now look at the fruits of what growth does to you in terms of volatility. And you've got to ask yourself, do you really feel that chipper about it? And, and I think the, the, the magic, if you will, if you want to call it magic, really not magic, but the, the payoff of the general wealth ready to retire process mm-hmm. and the strategy that we use is that you're not fully committed to any one asset class or any right. one area as you're working through your retirement. You know, one of the things that we were able to do during the time this year when the markets looked so bad and we were doing reviews at that point with it was just, you know, a certain number of clients are coming in at at all points of the year and it was their time for a review. One of the beautiful things about that is to be able to sit down and look at their written plan and go, you know what, bucket one, look right here, we're on track. Bucket two, we're on track. Bucket three, we're on track. Now this bucket out here that we're not going to use for another 20 years, right now at the low point in the market, it doesn't look that great. But remember, we have 20 years. And to be able to, again, the key is the written plan, to be able to look at that, at your plan that is personalized for you. And during a time of scary volatility, to be able to look at it and go, I'm okay, because the only part of it that is taking a hit, so to speak, 
really still has a couple of more decades. Give it time. Another tip for people that are out there listening right now is make sure your advisor knows your thoughts on your retirement timeline. Yes. Especially if that's changed and it's moved up some, mm-hmm. that probably means that, you know, that you may need to take some assets that might be more growth oriented and spill them over to a conservative bucket. If you're maybe five years out or so, you want that money that you're going to use early on to be primed and ready to go. That's right. Troy, you're talking about timelines and, and it reminds me of my first experience with a volatile market. I wasn't even a financial advisor. I I was actually just an investor and I was broke. Let me just say B-R-O-K-E, broke, (laughs) like dead broke. But I had mustered up enough money to open up a mutual fund and I was putting, I think it was 25 or $50 a month or something like that. You could do 25 back in the day, so that was probably it. Yeah, you could. And so I was putting my money in in the fund and this was in 1987. Uh, and and if, if you're a studier of the market, you know uh, what happened in 1987. We had Black Friday or Black Monday or Black whatever. Monday. Yeah, Black yeah. Monday, whatever day it was. Uh, and the market fell like 26% in one day. It, it yeah. was the biggest drop and still the biggest one-day drop that we've ever had in the stock market. And I freaked out. I was like, it's my money. You know, I was broke. So it was a big, a a big deal to me. But I was in 1987. Let's see, I was 26, 27 years old. And so I was investing in an IRA. So I wasn't going to use the money for a long period of time. But that didn't ring true with me at that moment. It was the money was dropping in value. And oh, my God, what am I going to do? I picked up the phone. I called my advisor. And, and, you know, you just have to love this sage uh, redneck advisor that I had at the time. (laughs) When I say redneck, I mean country boy redneck. It's a compliment. It is a compliment. But he said, well. He said, uh, did you like it? Did you like that fund when you uh, bought it? And I said, yeah, yeah, it looked like a real good fund, but it doesn't look all that great right now. And he goes, well, I don't know. It's, it's a lot cheaper right now than it was when you were buying it before. So buy, buy some more of it. Uh, just keep buying. And, you know, that, that philosophy stuck with me and has mm-hmm. paid off over the years. And it is the essence of what we talk about, the cow story or in technical terms, dollar cost averaging. And for a young person, for them to not lose perspective on that, I think is really one of the biggest yeah. pivotal decisions in their life. I, I want to talk about, you know, the crash, Black Monday in 1987, yep. and the fact that it was down 27% in one single day. And here we are in 2020 going, oh my gosh, down 30% at the low point. It wasn't in one day. You know, yeah. but but look at what happened with you, you know, over time from 1987 to now. 1987 doesn't matter anymore. It felt horrific at the time. But I also think it's worse today because of all the gadgets and all the information. We can't go anywhere without being inundated with news specifically about the market. You can't get away from it. You think about back in 1987, John, how many people that happened and they frankly didn't even know it. Like if they didn't watch the news that night or read the paper the next morning, they didn't know until they got their statement. There is no way to, to bypass that knowledge these days. It's because the information is everywhere. You have to be able to give your investments time and don't react just because you have information. Look, this thing right here is dangerous. It, it, is, <laughs> it is a it is a wonderful thing. And, and for, for our radio I, listeners, he's yeah. holding up an iPhone. Yes, I'm holding up my iPhone. And this is a wonderful device, but it is also the biggest threat to your financial independence and your financial security that you could possibly have because it will make you do something stupid. Yeah, it will. And you just have got to understand the environment you're in and understand also that just because you're in that environment today doesn't mean you're going to be in that environment for the rest of your life. I know it feels that way. I know this pandemic kind of feels like it won't go away, Troy, but uh, but at some point in time, we are going to resume normal operations. Yeah, this too shall pass. Um, when, when we looked at that graph of the the S&P, I, I noticed that even our dip that we've had in the past 20, the 20 year time frame that we were looking at it on that graph, it actually looked like a relatively small it's dip, a blip you on know, the radar. And, yeah. and as we go into the future, hopefully we will look back on this and, and that will be the case. Yeah. 
Guys, we've got about another minute or so before we need to take a break, but I, I do want to, to definitely emphasize the fact that, that when we talk about risk tolerance, if you have a change, and Troy brought this up earlier, if you have a change in your circumstance, that is when you need to pick up the phone and call your advisor and talk with them first about that before making any big moves. Yeah, you've absolutely got to take some time to confer with somebody who is familiar with your situation and, again, who can coach you through that emotion. Troy, you talked about that earlier, that you've got to be able to have that relationship where we can be emotional coaches, if you will. You know, we're ultimately, at the end of the day, financial coaches, but you can't have a financial coach who's good at their job without them also, from time to time, being an emotional coach for you. Well, and I think the key here, guys, is that you need to talk to your advisor first before you make decisions, not making a decision and then talking to your advisor and saying, hey, I made this decision, deal with it, because that doesn't work. And that speaks to whether it is the timing on your retirement, whether it is claiming Social Security, whether it is changing some investment, all of those things are really key critical points. And there's a pretty good long list of those that are critical points in the process of preparing you for retirement. We've got more to come on the Get Ready for the Future show. Quick reminder about the mid-year outlook. That is coming up on August 11th. Go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to register. Go ahead and do that soon because this uh, this webinar may fill up. We've got a limited number of spaces on that webinar, but it is going to be a great webinar. Getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. The webinar uh, for the mid-year outlook coming up on August 11th at 7 o'clock. Back in just a moment. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are talking about market volatility and how you should react to it uh, through the rest of 2020 and beyond. Of course, uh, you have already seen the mother of all market volatility for the year, at least, uh, hopefully for the year, because the market fell that 30-something percent in, in a very short period of time, about 30 days. And, and But we do see more volatility coming. But as we get back into the uh, conversation, Troy, I want to really talk a little bit about whether volatility in the market should change your financial plans. Uh, I've seen people kind of react that way and say, well, I'm just going to do this. Uh, and, and really, that's almost being foolhardy with, with your money because you're making that emotional decision really based on a temporary circumstance. Yeah. And I'll first say that for, for market volatility to potentially change your plan, first, you have to have a written financial plan. So right. let's start there. Number, if you've got a written financial plan, not just investments, an actual plan, then more than likely, it probably doesn't have to change your plan because volatility should already be built into that plan. There should already be an answer for it in there. Um, If you don't have a plan, this should probably kick you into gear and and your main change should be, let me go out and get a written financial plan. Yeah, I I think the main point here, guys, is that financial jargon, financial news, you know, whatever's going on in the market, that doesn't have, it, it will not tell you if the plans for your future are still intact because that's just what's going on, again, with the economy, the markets. It's not your economy. It's not your investments. And that's a critical difference that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, John, I think when I think about this concept here, I think about your your pastor who for over a decade at least has used a phrase at the end of the sermon, so what's the so what? You know, so I, I would challenge people when they're listening to the news, okay, the, the market plummeted, so what's the so what? So what for you? Yeah. You know, does it matter for you that the market took a dive? So what? If it doesn't matter for you, move on. And Troy makes a great point here that having that financial plan is the difference maker, but so many people Mm -hmm. don't have a financial plan. They think they have a financial plan because they've got a collection of investments or they've got a statement or maybe they've had a conversation with somebody about it. But if it is not on paper, on purpose, 
for your life and, and really is a living document that you mm-hmm. work with your advisor on, then you don't likely have a plan. So let's talk about why people often don't, uh, they avoid this whole thing of financial planning. Well, and I'm going to challenge our listeners before we go through the why on this. Find yourself in this. If you don't have a financial plan, you need to ask yourself, why don't I have one? Why haven't I done that? I'll give you a, a couple of reasons to just get started. One is that they don't know what they don't know. You know, I I have lived that experience many times in life. Like, you know, the, the first time you buy a house. Oh, my gosh, the first time you buy a car. You know, and, and now it's it's a whole lot easier because you don't negotiate on price and everything. But, you know, think about when you were really flying blind on buying a car and there's the MSRP and then there's whatever is an acceptable price and you wind up somewhere in between. But you don't know. Did You know, did the dealership just make 10 bucks off of you or thousand bucks and well and and now they don't even tell you the price it's it's the monthly payment what what monthly payment can you afford well you're in real trouble when that happens so the the concept of you just don't know what you don't know and i will tell you there's a lot of financial information that is important for you to understand and they're not teaching it in schools and it's okay for you to walk in the door at gen wealth and not know that information we're not judgmental about it we know you were never taught that it's our responsibility to share that information with you. Another reason is people are suspicious. They're suspicious of the financial industry, of financial <laughs> advisors. And we've tried to overcome that here at GenWealth by offering people to come in for the first appointment. And, and there's no financial, no, cost. no yeah. cost, right? You can come in, meet with us. And that meeting really is to see if we're a good fit. Yeah, but We're a good fit for most people, not for everybody that's out there, but that's a good way where you can come in, meet with us, then decide, is it right for you? Yeah. And, and to be clear on our side of the equation, um, one, one of the other reasons that people don't ever get a plan is they think they don't have enough money for it. On our side of the equation, when Troy talks about in that first appointment, determining if we're a good fit, we're not looking at how much money somebody has. That's not a part of the equation. The primary factor for us is whether or not you're coachable. If you're looking to work with a financial coach, we're looking to work with you. And it doesn't matter if you're a teenager with your first job ready to put, you know, $50 a month into an IRA all the way up to a bajillionaire. It doesn't matter. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about how coachable you are and whether you're looking for that financial advisor relationship. And speaking of the dollar amount, not the client's dollars, but uh, in terms of what a financial plan costs, so many people... Mm -hmm focus their attention on what's the fee what and and the financial press teaches you oh you've got to watch out for fees and watch out for how much it costs and all of this type of thing as if that is the only determining factor well here's what i would submit to you think about what it cost not having a financial yeah. plan it may cost you a few hundred or a few thousand dollars to have a financial advisor it will cost you many thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in your retirement account and 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 by extension through the uh, the quality of your life in retirement by not having a financial advisor and not having that coaching relationship and what have you the value of an advisor's advice is is very critical to financial success. There's been hundreds of studies about that, but people for whatever reason are are lured into because I think it's quantifiable. I think they say, well that's something I can control and I right. can talk to and I know what that cost is and I can I can get over if I can reduce that cost. Well, you're not really getting over on anything if you avoid getting a financial plan because it might cost you something. Well, let's talk about the transparency at GenWealth on fees because and we don't tell you right here, right now, what it costs because we don't know. And That's the right. reason we don't know for you is that your situation is very different from the next person who walks in. So, again, you could be a starter investor and you need very little work done on a plan. Or you could be at a point where you have multiple millions and you're ready to retire. And there's a lot of details that goes into putting that plan together. Obviously, there's more time spent for us in the latter example um, because it's just a more complicated plan. So on 
the planning basis, then there's more time spent on that. But in that first meeting, you're going to know the answer to that. First meeting still at no cost, but in that meeting, we're going to be able to say, okay, in your situation, here's what you're looking at in terms of a cost for us to put together your financial plan. And then on an ongoing basis, if you decide, you know, to implement that plan here with us, then there are investments and investments always come with some cost. Your 401k has a cost. You don't necessarily see it, but it's in there. So there are costs in all investments, but we're going to be very transparent to reveal to you, here's how this product works. Here's how we get paid. And we want to do that in such a way that you're getting the investment product that you need to meet your goals in the least expensive way possible. Since we're talking about costs, you know, there's some unlucky person out there somewhere that sold all of their investments at the very bottom back in March. Right? Oh, yeah. There's probably a lot of unlucky people that did that. What was the cost on that? What was the cost on that? Right. It's to pretty not dead have a plan. expensive. Yeah. 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 It, it's clearly not about what you pay for it, but what you get out of yeah. it. And, and uh, obviously having that third party alongside you, helping you, uh, that, that concept, uh, let's talk about it from an athlete standpoint. Every great athlete has had a coach. You know, yeah, every Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, you name it. Uh, yeah. Anybody that has succeeded in almost anything has had a coach. Janet, yeah. you and I have had coaches in this industry throughout our career on and, an ongoing basis. Yeah, yes. Because we understand the value of that outside party looking into our practice and our operation of gen wealth and being able to see things that we right now might not be able to see. You know, I, I would also compare it to maybe a mentor. You know, we, we we don't use that parallel very often in our industry, but, you know, the wisest people I know, not only are they mentors, but they have had mentors and they continue to have mentors because those are people who can speak into your life in a way that very few other people can. And I think it's important to have a financial mentor, if you will. Yeah, and I think a lot of people avoid uh, getting a financial plan because they don't really think they're worthy of it or they don't understand. They only know one way of living and that's it. And and if you're in that situation, just cast that aside and, and get some help. That's our bell for some final thoughts on our uh, show today as we wrap up talking about volatility in the market and, and where we might be going in 2020. So Janet, uh, share with us some final thoughts about this market volatility. So uh well, I'm going to skip on the market volatility and talk okay. about the advisor relationship, actually. The the advisor, you know, we mentioned a moment ago, the mentor. Uh, let's go back to maybe the coaching analysis. Your financial advisor needs to be a coach. A coach is somebody who's going to tell you some hard things from time to time, but they're also going to tell you, attaboy, girl, when you do things right, and they're going to help you improve through the process of whatever it is that you're doing. It is our goal to help you grow. It is not our goal to make you feel stupid for not knowing information. It is, it is not our goal to, you know, tell you you don't have enough money to do something. It is our goal to take you where you are, wherever that may be, and to help you move forward to the next step and the next one and the next one to and through retirement and help you really enjoy and learn that process along the way. Some final thoughts now from Troy Johnson. Yeah, I would say if you if you ask anybody, is market volatility going to occur throughout your retirement? I think everyone's going to say yes, especially yeah. in today's day and age. It seems like things are more volatile than ever. So if we know that it's going to happen, then why would we not plan for it? Right. And that's really what we try to do here at Gym Wealth. Our goal is to build uh, retirement income plans that take you to and through out your whole retirement. Here's a thought for you as we uh, sign off for today. Without a plan... The future just happens to you. You're not in control of it. The future can't be what you want it to be without planning for it. And so planning is critical to the outcomes that you're striving for every day. So focus on that. Give us a call at 501-653-7355. We'll see you next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. 
The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.